You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast on this Red Friday. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Big game this weekend against the Colts, one everyone is going to be tuning into. Not really. Uh, Obviously, we will as Chiefs fans. Guys, how are we feeling going into the weekend? If this were like some team you didn't cover, you'd be like, I'm not watching that game. I'm not going to watch some good team beat down some bad team who's 0-2, looks lost, went for another quarterback and can't do it. So I guess uh, in short, I'm feeling very good about the Chiefs chances this weekend. I think that that's probably a fair assessment. I don't like I don't like it when you guys are so aligned. This happened in the last episode and it forces me to be the contrarian and try to come up with an argument as to why. Why this is a game that every football fan needs to be locked into. The Colts, who are 0-2 on the seat. No, excuse me. They tied. They tied with the Houston Texans in week one and followed that up by getting shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have lost the Colts have lost eight straight games in Jacksonville, which is just an astonishing number for a franchise that has been objectively better than Jacksonville over the last eight seasons. So um, no, I won't do it. I'm not going to take a stand. I am united with you guys. This game feels like it's going to be a beatdown by the Chiefs, you, right? Nick, you had said the thing that's like the key. It's like, you know, I mean, football, that's essentially like the only argument I've heard for the Chiefs are going to lose is, you know, football happens. You're like, yes, I'm aware. Or, you know, trap game. You can't just say trap game and pretend it's a trap game. That's not how it works. What is, is Kayla, I think the only thing that the Colts, we can talk more about it in a minute, but I think the only thing the Colts might have going for them is desperation. They reek of it. They have got to be desperate because they don't have a win in a really bad division, and they look awful. They didn't score a single point last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, I think the only thing we should be afraid of is them wanting a revenge game. Not against the Chiefs, just against themselves from last week and the week before. Um, I don't know. Something about that scares me when we go into a game overly confident. We're coming off an extended period time. Um, that's the only concern I would have. And, of course, whether or not, which it looks likely, Michael Pittman is likely to play. Um, he had a great game one. So shutting him down. But other than that, not a lot of concern here. I guess the the long break thing, I always thought of that as like, that must be an advantage for Andy Reid, right? He's so good after the bye week. We've we've given that record a million times. I don't remember it now, but he's like, he's 15 and two after a bye, and he never loses those games. He is only five and five after a Thursday night game. That's kind of surprising, oh. right? You would think like all the time in the world, Andy with 10 days, his team's healthy. Nah, I think it kind of maybe takes his teams out of sync a little bit. You know why? Andy is a creature of habit. Even a bye week has habit. They just take it off, and then on Monday they show up, and it's normal. On Tuesday they show up, it's normal. You know, the Thursday night game, it doesn't do that. 
you're on the short week, then this extended break, then you're not back in a normal amount of time. I don't think it throws it off. But the only thing, like you're saying, hey, they're, other than they're motivated to not end their season, because their season might very well end if they lose to the Chiefs, they're 0-2-1, and they don't have a win three weeks into the season. It's probably more dreadful for the Titans and Raiders who play each other this weekend and can both end their seasons. But I'll, I'll give you one thing I'm actually afraid of for the Colts, and it's not Jonathan Taylor. He can get his own. He's a little bit like a quarterback. He could go for 180 yards, and the Chiefs could still win. The guy who scares me is Michael Pittman Jr. The He is a big man, mm-hmm. and he can get whatever he wants seemingly at times last year. And this is usually the year that wide receivers take leaps. And if I aggregate it over the last two seasons, there have been some big wide receiver performances that have helped the Chiefs lose. You know, I... <laughs> It's weird. I, I I think you kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, Kayla, when you talk about desperation, right? The Colts wanting to get revenge after such a, a horrible start to the season. And I sort of, I go back and forth on that because part of me is like, yeah, you know, if I'm sitting there 0-1-1 and and knowing that you're big underdogs against one of the best teams in the NFL, you lose that game, your season is, for all intents and purposes, over, right? You start 0-2-1. You're not going to the playoffs. In the AFC South, maybe, but (laughs) but it's just like in general, in general, it's like you're gonna feel like you have completely flopped to start the season, which I'm sure they're already feeling. But then the flip side of me says, So are we to assume that they weren't motivated to start the year against the Texans? That after tying the Texans and going to Jacksonville, they weren't like, okay, let's get back on the right track now. If you're waiting till week three to feel the desperation, you've waited too long. You had you had a golden opportunity to start this year two and zero, so maybe you're just a bad football team. Like I know that the Colts were a sort of sexy pick when they picked up Matt Ryan in the offseason because we thought that was an upgrade over Carson Wentz at quarterback. It kind of just feels like it's the same thing they've been for each of the last two seasons with Wentz and then Rivers the year before that, which is I see the pieces, I see Jonathan Taylor, I see Michael Pittman Jr., I see Shaquille Leonard defensively they've got nice pieces everywhere but for whatever reason they still kind of feel like a middling team that might actually be bottoming out this year well because any team that leans on the run to win is a team that you can barely take seriously in the nfl unless it's you know what unless it's kyle shanahan i will leave a one i will leave a one-time exception for any kyle shanahan led team look at the playoff teams from last year The Cincinnati beat Tennessee. Tennessee relies on the run game with Derrick Henry. They lost. They can only score 16 points. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers did it. Every other team is Stafford and Brady and Allen. And, you know, it's it's a who's who of good quarterbacks. It's just like if you're behind and you don't have the quarterback, it just makes it hard to kind of make up that difference. And honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but through two weeks, Carson Wentz looks like the better quarterback. They were happy he was gone. Like Carson Wentz is what, second in the NFL in passing? And they actually have a win somehow? So, I mean, I, look, it's not by much. They're, it's not like they're they're playing great, but they're better than the way the Colts are playing. I, it's, I just keep circling back around. If I talk myself into it, it's got to be like, okay, Michael Pittman gets 150 yards and Jonathan Taylor's unstoppable and the Chiefs offense, like we saw against the Chargers, is more out of sync than it was against them, even though the Colts defense is okay. And so it's just like, it feels like it takes too many things to all go wrong. And we saw games last year, Nick, where we said that, hey, it's going to take everything to go wrong for them to lose this game. 
And the Chiefs won a couple games like that last year where they were like fumbling punts and turning the ball over and they still beat bad teams. Can we play a little impromptu game? We've never played a Please. game. Please. Okay. We did trivia the last that time. That just reminded me. Facts. I forgot to bring my fun fact today, you guys. That's a, there's time. There's time. Just okay. Yeah, we're, we're early. We're early in the show. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to play a game for you guys. Uh, the game is called, is this an Indianapolis Colts player who caught a pass last week in Jacksonville, or is it a guy selling insurance in your hometown? Okay. okay. Uh, first right. guy, Austin, or excuse me, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher some of these names. Ashton Doolin. Oh, um, Ashton Doolin. Uh, I'm going to go Colts player, but not with any certainty. All right. Five catches for 79 yards last week. Five catches. So put some respect on Ashton Doolin. That's like Greg okay. Dorched from that. that On my radar. <laughs> uh, uh, Desmond Patman. Uh, that's an insurance agent, right? No, that's also an Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had two catches for 24 yards. Mike Strachan. All right, you guessed this first time, Kayla. I'm, Colts I'm player. Colts player, that is correct. One catch for 23 yards. Uh, last one for you guys, Kylan Granson. Kylan? Are they all Colts players? Is that the thing here? You made maybe a trick here. Every single one of these guys is a Colts player who caught a pass last week. And the Indianapolis Colts scored zero points in Jacksonville. Zero points. Uh, my point being is that I don't know. I don't know who is on Indianapolis's offense other than Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman. So even if, even if Michael Pittman is the guy that scares you, well, he's a big, strong receiver. Guess what the Chiefs have at their number one cornerback spot? Big, tall, rangy cornerback, Legereus Sneed. Now, I don't know if he's going to shadow him the whole day. They don't usually but if do that. That's, if, if, your, if your strategy is we're going to run the ball 25 times with Jonathan Taylor and then we're going to chuck it up to Michael Pittman 15 times, good luck because if either one of those things don't work, you have no chance against the Chiefs. Do you guys think this is a game where our defense really shines and builds on – what we've seen last week. I mean, I feel pre. I get, you know, I hope so, but they're also without, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie still. And I, you know, like we can say without Pittman, but that didn't matter. And I don't know that I want to like make the world about it, but they're now without Michael Dana at the moment. He didn't practice again today. They signed a defensive end off of the Rams practice squad. That indicates to me, he's not going to be available for Sunday. And whether we think Dan is a star or not, he was their third best pass rusher last year. He's probably their fourth best this year. So I don't know. It just it has me circling back around to relying on Frank Clark, a place I don't like to be. If we're if we're being honest, I don't I don't particularly enjoy it. But Kansas City's rush defense also hasn't been bad. Like Kansas City's rush defense is the seventh lowest yards per attempt so far this season. It's super super early, but they. You know, they've done okay in that. Now, some of that's probably because teams can run. Um, but when they, you know, they were trying to run at some point in those games and they still did a better job than you might think. So I, I think it could be a good day for the defense. Yeah. Well, to put it in perspective, this is what the Jags did last week. The Colts were two of 10 on third downs against the Jags, totaling 218 yards. The Jags pressured Matt Ryan 14 times. Ryan was two of nine for 18 yards and three interceptions, sacked five times against the Jags. So, What's going to happen this weekend? Uh, I mean, they they just look out of sorts. 
No, they look lifeless. They look lifeless. They they look not out of sorts because out of sorts would suggest that if they make a few adjustments, they're right back on track. This does not look like a team that's about to get right back on track. I mean, honestly, who could have seen it coming? Who could have predicted that acquiring an aging 37-year-old quarterback and putting zero passing weapons around him would would result in such a horrendous start to the season? You know, they saw this is... um... This is the Matthew Stafford paradox. It's going to get a few teams trapped, and thank you for that. Because they saw, they're like, look at all these really good players we have. They just added Matthew Stafford, a guy who was floundering in Detroit, and he made him win a Super Bowl. And you're like, first, they have Aaron Donald. Second, their coach is better than yours. They have Sean McVay. Also, they had Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. and a better offensive line than you. They had all the things besides, they had all the other things better than your team, too. Not just we found old quarterback. And even they didn't even go as old as Matt Ryan. They did like the worst version, didn't they? There's older, like they went older. They went like, what if we got Matt Ryan, but throws the ball less hard and well? <laughs> well, that's not a good strategy. It's not as it's not as if Matt Ryan was playing good football on a bad team last year in Atlanta, right? Because that was always the thing with Stafford. It's you can see he's good, you can see the talent. He's being held back by ineptitude around him. Whereas Matt Ryan, like I get it, Calvin Ridley was injured, but the dude threw for 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in a full season. Didn't exactly scream, this guy just needs a fresh start. But if you just look at the stat line, that's why they got trapped. Stafford in his final year at the Lions had 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 10 picks. And you tell yourself that, and you're like, well, that's not a great season um, when we're looking at that. And then you go to the last year in the Falcons and you're like 20 touchdowns, 12 picks and almost 4,000 yards. They were just convincing themselves that Matt Ryan was being held back and what were the flail ends of a bad football team and he would be better with them. Because Stafford showed up to LA and he threw 41 touchdowns and like 4,800 yards. Stafford's way younger. He overall, I, I agree. But like, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan is also a former MVP. Like he's a former MVP. Like, I mean, so there was reason to think that it's it's there, but it just it's older and your team's not as good. It's, it's a lot of reasons why it doesn't work. Okay, so going back to Kayla's question about the Chiefs defense, run defense specifically, because yeah. we know whether or not Pittman's in there, Jonathan Taylor's still gonna be the focal point of that offense, right? They're gonna try and get him going. What what's the line? To which, like, what's the amount of success Jonathan Taylor individually would have to have in order for the Colts to, like, keep this one competitive? I mean, for reference, last week he touched the ball only 10 times for 63 yards. That's shocking. Yeah. That their best player touched the ball 10 times in a shutout loss to a divisional rival. My guess is 25 carries for 200 yards and two touchdowns to win this game. Somebody think it's less than that? I'm going to take my over-under that he can do less than that and still win? Because I don't think, because even if you think that Michael Pittman has a big game, right? Let's just say you think that he he, he, go, he gets loose a couple of times, kind of like Mike Williams did last week. I don't trust Matt Ryan to the extent I trust Justin Herbert to dice up the Chiefs yeah. secondary for four quarters. He's not going to do it. Matt Ryan is not going to go and beat the Chiefs defense by himself. The only way they do it is if Jonathan Taylor has some explosive plays running the ball. On the flip side, in a tie against Houston, he rushed for 161 yards and one TD. 
In a tie. In, in a tie. overtime. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like he was really good in that game. It didn't matter. Ten carries yeah, for he, 60. 10, six, 10 carries for 60 yards is objectively great. He averaged six yards a carry. <laughs> That's good. I saw, um, I think uh, Shiel Kapati of the Ringer had this. The Colts have been outscored 44 to 3 in the first three quarters against Texan, the Texans and the Jaguars. You don't get off to a, because we know this, Chief probably going to put seven on the board in the first drive, right? Yeah. That's what they do. The first 15, Hopefully. the scripted plays, they come out, look like a well-oiled machine. It's the second quarter when you start getting to, you know, the in-game play calls where the offense tends to slow down, historically speaking. But you get off to a slow start against the Chiefs, you're not coming back because at that point, you're going to ask Matt Ryan to start chucking the ball around the field. He doesn't have the arm and he doesn't have the receivers. All right, so we're aligned. We don't think an upset is going to happen this weekend. Unity. Unity. Right. Wow, I love that. I we can't should have wait. said that in unison. It was a missed opportunity. We could have been <laughs> unity altogether. One, <laughs> two, three. Unity. unity. Oh, we oh Nick. Oh, Did I mess it up? <laughs> yeah. You were the worst for sure. Okay, well, we don't need to get into ranking who was the best and who was the worst. <laughs> I can fix it in post anyways. We're good. He's gonna he's gonna edit this, and then this is the moment right here. That's what you hear us say: unity together. What what a nice effort, Nick. Thank you.